With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Hurricane Dorian has strengthened into a Category 3 this afternoon and is expected to become a potentially catastrophic Category 4 with winds of almost 140 miles per hour before blowing ashore late Monday or early Tuesday. Authorities are warning of power outages. Florida Power and Light spokesman Bill Orloff says the company has secured 13,000 workers to restore electricity and is looking for more. We know how important it is to get the lights back on for our customers and to return life to some sense of normalcy. So we're reaching out, and as the days go on, we will probably, that number of 13,000 will, will rise. AAA says there's plenty of gasoline in Florida as Dorian approaches. It's just a matter of getting it to the state's gas stations, and that's becoming a big problem. The stations are now running out of gas. Also at SRNews.com, the United Nations Atomic Watchdog says Iran is still in violation of limitations that were set by the 2015 nuclear deal with major powers. The International Atomic Energy Agency, or IAEA, says Iran's stockpile of low-enriched uranium still exceeds the amount allowed by the so-called Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, clarifying Iran continues to enrich uranium to 4.5% above the 3.67% allowed. The violations were announced by Iran and confirmed by the IAEA last month and are meant to put pressure on nations to provide new economic incentives to help offset sanctions. I'm Charles de Letesma. Beginning Sunday, the U.S. government will begin collecting 15% tariffs on $112 billion in Chinese imports from smartwatches and TVs to shoes, diapers, and sporting goods. Many U.S. companies say they'll be forced to pass on to customers the higher prices that they pay on the Chinese imports. This is SRN News. There is no homosexual gene. A wide-ranging new study of about half a million people in the U.S. and the United Kingdom has failed to conclude that homosexuality is something that a person is born with. The study, which appears in the latest issue of Science Mag, quotes researcher Ben Neal as saying, there is no gay gene and a genetic test for if you're going to have a same-sex relationship is not going to work. Scientists at Harvard and MIT did the research. Michael Harrington, SRN News. A North Carolina high school teacher has pulled, or pulled a lesson in which students were asked to answer questions about their gender, sexuality, religion, and socioeconomic status. An English teacher at Heritage High School in Wake Forest was asking the 10th grade students to answer a diversity inventory worksheet, which asked the questions about themselves, their friends, and their family. It was passed out on the second day of school. Parents complained the teacher was ordered to stop it immediately. This is SRN News. Our good news today offers clear teaching on what real love is and where it originates. The Apostle John said it this way, There is no fear in love. Because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it is for fear of punishment. This shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. We love because He first loved us. 1 John 4, verses 18 and 19. Good news for today. Dealing with a loss and then 25 years later, be standing in a church in rural Tanzania and having an opportunity to speak to a group of HIV positive people. I just never could have imagined or created a moment like that. When Regina Harrington lost her uncle to AIDS, God gave her a gift of compassion that would take her to the other side of the world. Hear Regina's story this weekend on Epic. Saturday mornings at 8.30, Sunday afternoons at 2.30 on Faith Radio. Saturday mornings at 8.
Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm awfully excited about the day. And now we're looking at kind of a longer than usual weekend. And who doesn't like that every now and then? So that's all ahead of us. I hope your your day has been going well. I hope your week's been going well. And thank you for tuning into the show. Uh, we're going to have a great hour with Tom Berkowitz. He's joining me in studio. He teaches a community Bible study in Edina, Minnesota in his 21st year. And he is... Uh, talking about Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers this year. And believe it or not, attendance has dropped a little, which we'll find out why. But, I mean, this to me is three of the most exciting books in Scripture, and we're going to talk about uh, from the Red Sea to the Jordan today. We're going to try to cover quite a bit in an hour, so that's that's all ahead. And then Lee Strobel is going to be joining me in the second hour, and, post- and Pastor Bob Merritt from Eagle Brook. So talk about an all-star lineup. There it is. Let me take 60 seconds bring Tom on. It's almost like a game. There are one or two items on that back-to-school list that don't actually exist anywhere except the teacher's mind. But you'll visit 18 stores in pursuit if only we chased after the most important things like we do those. Welcome to Faith Radio. Here, that's our goal, to chase after the things of God, to encourage you and equip you in your faith. Because in order to learn and grow, you have to have the right tools. Unfortunately, in this case, they do exist. Connecting Faith to Life, Faith Radio. Praising our risen Lord together. Proclaiming His resurrection. Faith Radio. joining me today. I am excited about my hour ahead. Tom Berkowitz is in studio. And Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah, I love when you come in, as do my listeners, because I get all kinds of text messages and voicemails. People call and leave voicemails when you come on. Really? Yes. I'd like to have more of that Tom Berkowitz on. Oh. That's what they say. That's humbling. Yeah, I listen once and then delete. <laughs> don't take it personally. I don't. Oh, I, but I get the message. They want more Tom Berkowitz, which is great. So welcome back. So uh, 21st year of leading community Bible study in Edina. That's a, that's a pretty nice commitment you've made. I signed a one-year commitment and kept <laughs> renewing the contract. Yeah. Never but, raised to pay, though. No, no, I know they didn't. But they're still renewing it, or do you just, do you just show up every September? That's a good question. A, yeah, I'm you afraid th- to ask that one. You think you're getting renewed, but I think, oh, here he is. Don't say anything. I'm really afraid to ask that question. Yeah. Now, let's just, for, for fun, tell me what you taught last year. Last year, we taught First, uh, Second, and Third John, okay. Philemon, Jude, Yep. First and Second, Timothy, Titus, and we ended with James. Fun. What a great year. Yes. Now, this yes. year, tell us what the theme is. Well, the, 
the theme is the Red Sea to the Jordan River and study of the books of Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from a Jewish background, I look at these scriptures from a Hebraic perspective. And the message of God's faithfulness to us is really encouraging to me, and it should be encouraging to everyone, mm-hmm. one, that we have a promise-keeping, covenant-keeping God that actually injects himself, himself into our lives. Mm-hmm. And Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers might scare some people away, but people know that when you study those books, the richness is overwhelming, isn't it? Right. And Jewish boys being raised in the Orthodox religion, they have uh, Leviticus memorized every verse. Do they really? By the time they're eight years old. Really? Right. It's a book of holiness. It tells us how we serve a holy God. I mean, we can get wrapped around the axle on the blood sacrifices, but there's a meaning there. But the temple is destroyed. There is no more blood sacrifices. Mm -hmm. So. How do we live holy to our Lord? Mm-hmm. It's so a great you, story. Yeah. Are you going to take us on the Red Sea to the Jordan in, in, in 50 minutes? Well, let's say I'll start it off. All because, right. Just give me a big overview. Because I I wasn't enthusiastic about this when our leadership team wanted to study it for the year because I, you get a lot of pushback on the Old Testament, which irks me because the Old Testament is technically the Hebrew scriptures, and even more important, it's the Jesus's Bible. It's the only Bible he had. That's there true. was no such thing as the New Testament. That's true. So if it was good enough for him, it should be good enough oh, for amen. us. Yeah. And there's a lot of good things. But Exodus is such a bizarre book when you think about it. I mean, it's crazy. And it starts 500 years before the Exodus even started when God approached Abraham and Abraham made his declaration. He believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. And what he believed is that God was going to make a nation, a great nation from he and Sarah. Mm. And that was bizarre because he was uh, uh 75 years old. Well, actually, at that time, he was 85 years old. That would make Sarah 75 years old. They had no dependents, no children whatsoever. And I was thinking, you know, Marsha, my wife comes most of the time. She's not even in her 70s. And if somebody told me she was going to have a baby Mm -hmm. and a nation was going to be built, I'd fall over. That's not possible. (laughs) As would Marsha. Yeah. I mean, how would that happen? Right. How would it happen? I mean, can you believe Sarah when she heard, when, how would you like to have been Abraham telling Sarah the conversation he had with God that she was going to have a baby? She laughed. I Mm -hmm. mean, she believed it so much that she went out and got a Egyptian slave girl to birth a child because it was impossible for her looking at the circumstances. And, And no doubt these two tried to have kids their whole life, you would imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't anything that they they tried always. They, they were always trying to have kids and then didn't. Now they're in their 70s and 80s. So here's a, so after God tells them that, as you look in uh, Genesis 15, I mean, this is where it gets bizarre. Then the Lord said to Abram, know for certain 
that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will and will be servants and they will be afflicted for 400 years. So in other words, they're going to be slaves for 400 years. Mm-hmm. So all this great wealth that you have is gone. Somebody else is going to take it and they're going to have bupkis, you know? Right, right. And then he goes on to say, but I will bring judgment uh, on that nation and that they serve, and afterwards they shall come out with great possessions. So all the money they stole from you, you're going to get back because I'm going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. But f- it's going to be, they're going to be there for 400 years. Now, Abraham's mind, think about this. When he had Isaac and he wanted Isaac to have a wife, he sent his servant to go back to where he came from to find a wife from his father's household. Mm-hmm. But he said, under no circumstances, let Isaac leave the land. So, I mean, he was thinking, nah, he leaves the land, he's going to be a slave. This isn't going to happen, not mm-hmm. on my watch. <laughs> so he's pushing back on God already. But, so what happens? Four hundred year, 500 years later, so Abraham dies a happy man at an old age. He has Isaac. Isaac has two sons. And Jacob did leave the land, but he comes back, and he ultimately goes down to Egypt where he's greeted like a king because his son Joseph saved them. Mm-hmm. He saved them from certain death and famine. But Joseph dies. I mean, Jacob dies. Joseph dies. The Pharaoh who picked Joseph dies, and then a new Pharaoh comes in, and he doesn't know the Jewish people. So here's what we have. We have a man and a woman with no children. They finally get a child. Miracle one. A miracle child. Miracle child. The only one that Sarah has. Then they, Jacob has 12 children. So they're a family, and there's 70 of them, and they go down to Egypt. So they go down as a family. We start with a man. We end up with a family. Now, 400 years later, there's probably 2 million of them. There's like (laughs) 650,000 men. So you got to add the women and the Mm -hmm. children in there. And for the first time, God puts it into a Gentile's mouth, the culmination. And in verse 9, it says, Uh, Pharaoh's talking, and he said to his people, Behold, the people, Am Israel, the people of Israel, they're a nation. So all of a sudden, he went from having no children to having a child to having 70 go down to Egypt. They're enslaved for 400 years. And after 400 years, they're a nation. Wow. And the Gentile declares that they're a nation and no longer a family. Am Israel. Israel, the that's, people of Israel. I mean, that's bizarre when you think it of it. It is pretty bizarre. And then he's going to genocide them because there's too many of them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, so that's a start of anti-Semitism. And he didn't do it out of hatred. He did it out of money and power. There's too many of them. We won't be able to control them. Let's eliminate some of them. So let's destroy Spend all the hurt them. a little bit, huh? Yeah. yeah. But God is so faithful to his promise. He hears their cry. He hears what's going on with them. He keeps them from genociding the whole race. And then he saves a baby by the name of uh, Moses, and he picks him, but he waits for 80 years. 
to percolate him so he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, think about it. It's just a bizarre story. So now God is is hovering in this bush. He starts it on fire, and Moses sees it, and he walks over, and when he saw the bush, he hears a voice coming from it, and it's God calling out, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, Hineni, or here I am. It literally means behold me. Mm-hmm. So in other words, he's saying, whatever you want, I'm here. Every part of me, my body, my spirit, my mind. And then God says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he's afraid to look at God. Because what concept did he have of God? Right. Now, his people had a custom of circumcision because that was part of the deal for the family. But where was God? He hadn't heard from him for a long time. Of course, he was there. He's protecting them so they wouldn't be wiped out. But where was he? And then God says, I'm going to send you to back to the people. And Moses said, this is after he says, I'm here no matter what right. you want. I'm all he in. Said, but what am I going to say your name is? I mean, that's, in a sense, hilarious. Because, But it's a great question because for 400 years, the only name they heard of God were all the various gods the Egyptians had. Mm-hmm. The sun god, the there frog god, of them the, there, yeah. you know, yeah. the moon god. Mm-hmm. So what's his name? And then God told him, Eya, Asher, Eya. I am that I am. Tell him I am sent him. Wow. We'll take a little break when we come back. Lots more with Tom Berkowitz. Thank you, Tom, for being in the studio. You're just crushing it today, as always. Be back in 90 seconds. Listening to Faith Radio is convenient and easy on an Amazon Alexa or Echo device. Just say, enable Faith Radio to get started. Once the skill is enabled, say, play Faith Radio, and you'll hear the live stream. You can also access previous programs by listening to the podcast. Stay connected to Faith Radio at home, work, or anywhere there's an Alexa or Echo device. Learn more at MyFaithRadio.com. Relationships can be great, filled with excitement, support, and fun, but relationships can also be difficult. No two people see and experience life the exact same way. And when we are in relationship, we are bound to struggle from time to time. I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and every Saturday and Sunday, my co-host Chris Weigel and I work to bring you practical and informative help for all of your relationships. Tune in Saturday morning at 1030 and Sunday evenings at 630 on Faith Radio. Hi, I'm Eric Metaxas. And I'm John Stone Street. And on behalf of Breakpoint, we just want to affirm how grateful we are to partner with Christian radio outlets that are dedicated to and passionate about sharing the good news. Faithful partners like Faith Radio have committed to bringing biblically-centered programming to your community every day. It takes a lot of resources to maintain a radio station. So please give them a call at 877-933-2484 or go online at myfaithradio.com. Thank you.
In the temple long ago, the prophet saw the Lord high and lifted up. Angels all around crying, Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. The earth is filled with glory. Then a voice said, Who will go for us? And it cried, Whom shall I send? And the house was filled with smoke at the voice of him who spoke, that voice that makes the heavens red. And that is the voice of our friend Marty Getz. That's uh, Tom Berkowitz's new walk-up music. Tom, <laughs> talk a little bit about that song. Well, the, the song is talking about what, first, what Abraham said to uh, uh, God when, in Genesis 22, when God called out Abraham, Abraham, and he and Abraham said, He nanny, behold me. Mm-hmm. It's a complete volunteering of yourself, mind, body, soul, spirit. I'll do whatever you want. And you usually say it before God tells you what he wants. Well, then God <laughs> says, go sacrifice your only son. Yeah. With Moses, he said to Moses, he said, go get this people back in Egypt. You know that country they ran you out of because they were trying to kill you because you right. killed one of them and one of the Egyptians and... You've been hiding for the last 80 years. That's a country I want you to go back to, you know. So, And then Marty specifically was singing about Isaiah uh, in Isaiah 6 when God asked, whom shall I send? Who will go up for me? And Isaiah said, he nay behold me. So that's, we have Abraham, our father, Moses, our teacher, and Isaiah, our prophet, all volunteering to do God's work without knowing what it is. Mm-hmm. And at least all of them had second and third thoughts after they said they would do it, but they all did it. Yeah. So, And just so you know, I stopped playing Marty's song at the point where I didn't have to play a royalty. <laughs> I'll tell him that. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely tell him He'll that. He'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. Once yeah, of again. Course. Yeah, once, where do we pick up, Tom? <laughs> well, we just talked about I am. Yes. Yeah, Asher, uh, uh, yeah. And the beauty of that word is where he says I am. I am the guy that made the promise. I am the God that made the promise to your father Abraham 500 years ago. I am the God who heard your people cry, and I'm going to empower you to go back. And you could translate it, and a lot of uh, Hebrews will do that. He is. So he is because he's here in the present. And I am going to be the guy, God, who's going to make sure everything I tell you, and I promised to Abraham, and I restated to Isaac, and stated again to Jacob, will happen, including right up until the time he sends his Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, for us. And he's still here today. Mm. He wants to dwell with us. So most of, well, almost half of Exodus, when you think of it, 
is God giving specific instructions on how to build his tabernacle so that he could dwell and live with us. Mm-hmm. And now he sends his spirit to live with us. So he wants to have fellowship with his creation. Yeah, it's spectacular. And as I'm looking at you, Bill, you're yeah. the image of God. Thank you, Tom. Because he created you in his image. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Should I repay the same thing? Should I say that to you? You could. I can, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep you on your toes. So anyway, I mean, this is the, this is the uh, assignment that Moses had. I mean, he fought it all the way after he realized what was going. Right, hey, right. I can't talk. I stutter. <laughs> and then in the end of Exodus 3 is perhaps one of the uh, most bizarre things of all. And God is saying, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. So in other words, he's going to give the Hebrews, the Jews, uh, favor in sight of the Egyptians, and when you go, you shall not go empty. But each woman shall ask her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver, gold, and jewelry and clothing. And you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so they shall plunder the Egyptians. So there was that promise 500 years ago. How is that going to happen? You're not going to have to conquer them. You're going to ask for it, and they're going to give it to you. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. And a couple about 10 years ago I was reading in a article there's a up and coming Egyptian leader who doesn't believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, but he happened to read the Exodus story and he filed a lawsuit against every living Jew to get back all the money that they stole from <laughs> <laughs> from his people when they left. Yeah. So he really did believe, didn't he, if he was going to file a lawsuit? <laughs> yeah. I want to find the lawyer that took that case on. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't go anywhere. Uh, of course not. All right. So this is awesome. Now so, we're. So what does this mean in our lives? Yeah. Because, I mean, unless it's important to us, I don't know what people are going through in any given time. But to me... It says, my God makes a promise, and no matter how long it is, he's going to keep that promise. Mm -hmm. He is faithful to his word. Peter wrote, he wrote, but do not overlook one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, some count slowness but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance and come into a knowledge of him. And what was the reason why he waited so long? Because the iniquities of the Amorites had not reached its fullness. So in other words, he gave them over 400 years to recognize that they were sinning against the living God even though they didn't have a concept, every human being has an image of the invisible God in them. That's what Paul tells us in Romans 1. And he gave them 400 years, and these people were as about as evil of anything you could imagine. In fact, it was heinous, the things that they did. Oh, we live in the 21st century. It's not so 
heinous to us because we do it every day now. Mm-hmm. But back then, I mean, who could do it? They killed their own children. They sacrificed. They 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 Oof. were pedophiles. Mm. They they treated women like chattel, like property. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it really is. But God gave them a merciful God gave them a lot of time. A lot of time to repent. Yeah. yeah. Tom Berkowitz is in my studio. We're going to take a little break. We're continuing down the road from the Red Sea to the Jordan River. And we're going to try to just do a big overview. Tom is teaching leader at Community Bible Study. And he died in Minnesota. It resumes on Monday, September 9th. If you would like to uh, be part of that Bible study, and I promise you will love every Monday night, it's at Christ Presbyterian Church in Edina, Minnesota. It starts at 6.55. All you got to do is show up on the first night and kick the tires and see if you like it. And when um, Tom is uh, teaching, I promise you'll like it, which is like every week. So take a short break and be right back. Encouraged and equipped at the start of every day through the Faith Radio verse of the day. Sign up at MyFaithRadio.com under the subscriptions tab. And when you do, a daily email will be sent to you containing biblical hope and encouragement. You can also text the word VERSE to 555-888 and an email link will be sent to you. That's VERSE to 555-888. Helping you stay grounded in God's truth. Faith Radio. It's about being a part of something bigger, something that's been building for 70 years, but is just getting started. It's about making a difference that can last for eternity. When you give to Faith Radio, it's about so much more than paying bills. You're fueling a train carrying God's love, hope, power, and goodness. Faith Radio is listener-supported, because really, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Find out more about getting involved at MyFaithRadio.com. Here's one thing that you can do to become debt-free. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with an Intentional Living Minute. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Spend less than you make over an extended period of time. You know, starting over the next 30 days, can I encourage you to think about what we teach here, the 10-10-80, where you learn and regularly give the 10% as an act of worship, as a tithe because of God's intentional love for you. And then learning to take 10% to save and apply to paying off debt. Maybe you want to even do more than 10%, but at least 10%. And then learning to live on the other 80%. When you do this over an extended period of time, you will become debt-free. You'll build intimacy as you work together toward financial freedom. That's Intentional Living. Visit us at theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. Most religions demand good deeds or adherence to certain codes as the means of salvation. But the Bible charts a different course. That's our subject Friday on Truth For Life as we begin a new series titled Take Dead Aim. Listen Friday to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Afternoons at 5 on Faith Radio. the show. Tom Berkowitz is in studio. Always enjoyed Tom. He's a teaching leader at 
Community Bible Study in Edina, Minnesota resumes Monday, September 9th. If you want to go be part of that Bible study, starts at 6.55 p.m. at Christ Presbyterian Church. CPConline.com, I think is the web address, isn't it? CPC, not, 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 not that you would know. All right. No, it's, it's CBS, not CPC. I know, but it's, it's, uh, no, it's, 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 uh, it's CPC is the location. Yes. Christ Presbyterian yes. Church. That That's they need exactly that. the location. Yeah, they need to look it up for the address and that kind of stuff. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about God and, and intimacy. I love it. You know, people think that the God of the Old Testament wasn't intimate, but here's a God after... 500 years after a promise he made to Abraham, he heard the cries of his people, and he wanted these people. Remember, a Gentile said, Am Israel, the people of Israel, it's a nation of Israel. Up until that point, God wasn't a king, because in order to be a king, you had to have a people. Now, obviously, he created everything, and all people were made in his image, but he never had a people just for him. And a lot of times I'll, I'll start my prayers, Alvenu Malkenu, our father, our king. Well, he wasn't a king. He was our father, but he wasn't a king. But now he has a people. And that the intimacy with that people, and if you go to um, Exodus 19, God is talking to uh, Moses And he says, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, all nations, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called all the elders of Israel Israel, and set before them these words that God had commanded them. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. That was a ketubah. A ketubah is a marriage contract. And God made a marriage contract. He put the terms of the ketubah, the marriage contract out. The people of Israel read those terms, heard those terms, and they said, I do. Wow. So God was married to Israel. Mm. And we see that even in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, that we're the bride of Christ. The Mm -hmm. church is a bride of of the living God. The, bi- the bride of Jesus, and he's going to come back for us. That's where the whole part of this started. God wants an, not just a relationship with us. He already created us in his image. He wants an intimate relationship, the intimate relationship of a husband and wife. That's what he wants with us, that kind of intimacy. That's why he spent almost half of Exodus talking about how to build the the uh, tabernacle and how to worship him. And that's why Jesus gave us his Holy Spirit so that we could have intimacy with God and that we could be led, that we could always commune with him. That's his desire for us. Mm, that's powerful. It, I mean, it is. We're, we're, the, bride, we're the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. And Israel was the bride of God. Mm-hmm. That's where the whole thing comes from. Does the average Bible student think that they're going to open up the New Testament and feel the intimacy of God? 
I don't. They should be able to. Oh yeah. No, yeah. no, they will if they study yeah. it. But would it yeah, be? The I don't think they understand it from that terms. Yeah. When you see what and just. Because God didn't let this happen one time. I think it's in Exodus uh, 22, 23. He proposed it again, and they said, I do the second time. Mm. So he really wants this. So by the witness of two or three, the matter is so. That's how much our God loves us. And he watched Israel. Think about it. What other people have lost their land and their language for 2,000 years, dispersed amongst the people and every country they came in, they were a minority, and they were persecuted. They went through the Roman sacking and dis- destruction of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. banishing Jews from the land. They went through the, the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition, the pogroms in Russia, the organized massacres and attack, the Holocaust, only to remain a distinct people and come back to a land that he said— he would bring them back to uh, centuries ago, and he brought them back against all odds. That is against all odds, isn't it? And they took a dead language, and it became alive again. Usually what happens by the third or fourth generation, there is no more identity because right. you're so assimilated into right. the people group. So only God would do that. Why? Because he made... A covenant with his people. Mm -hmm. And that's how strong it is. In fact, when we make a covenant in marriage, we should understand that that is a binding agreement, a binding agreement before the living God. He keeps his covenant. We should keep our covenant with one another. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be like the rest of the world where our divorce rate is as high as theirs. So true. Yeah, so, so true. I'll get off my bandbox, but that's, okay. that's what I it like is. I like on your bandbox. You know, and then Peter picked up this theme that we're a nation of priests. We're a holy nation, a royal priesthood before God. And that carries a lot of weight because priests were the intermediates, Aries, intermediaries between the people and God. They would come up to God. And we get to the book of Numbers. Uh, God came to Moses and he said, tell Aaron to bless the people and bless them this way. So this is the only place in the Bible God was specifically telling them, I want this prayer said over my people, a blessing from me. And it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And then he goes on and said, then the people will know that I have blessed them. Aaron said the words, but I have blessed them. And up until the time of Jesus, the only, the only people who could give that blessing were the priests. And they would stand up. You remember that sign Spock would give yeah. in Star Trek? Mm. This I'm showing you, but they can't yeah. see it on the radio. Uh, that really forms the the Hebrew letter Shin, which means Shaddai or Almighty. And they would hold that over the people and they would say it. Well, they're the only ones that could do it. But now because of Jesus's sacrificial death and resurrection for us, and that we, by our faith, now become his high priest to this world— we can say that blessing to everyone. And I got to tell you a powerful story. A friend of mine, who lo- his business was basically legally stolen from him. 
And it was out in New York. He's a Midwestern guy, a Minneapolis guy, mm-hmm. but it happened out in New York. And he uh, he left, and it's been two years, and he's really hasn't had a heart of bitterness. He didn't want to lose that business, but he didn't sue. He didn't come back at him. He just went on with his life. And But when he was the head of that company, his company back there in New York, there was a Jewish man who owned a boutique marketing company. And he watched for two years, and out of the blue, he called my friend up, and he said, you know, they did take your business, but I've been watching you for the last two years and how you've held yourself up and how you walked in forgiveness and how everything you used to tell me was you lived out. And this guy's a secular Jew. And then he said, by the way, you owe me 200 bucks because I went to my counselor and he charges me 475 bucks an hour. And I just bled on him for 25 minutes of that hour telling him how you have affected my life and how I don't know how to handle it. Well, at the end of the conversation, my friend said, is it possible that I could just say a blessing over you? And he said that blessing that Aaron said over the people of Israel. And the guy, this is a secular Jew. He doesn't believe. He started crying. He said, I've heard that in the synagogues. I've heard that blessing. I've always wanted someone to say it over me. And nobody did, but you did today. And it's radically changing my life. Wow. Now, how's that? That's, those are powerful words. Very powerful, yeah. And we can do that. We can bless each other with that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stories I could tell about that particular blessing and how it sustained people. And think about it. It sustained Israel for over 2,000 years until God brought them back into the land. I love blessing stories. So... It is a powerful God we serve, and he keeps his promises. Mm-hmm. I, I, do you have another blessing story? One come to mind? Well, I read a book by uh, a Jewish man. His name was Eliezer Erbach. Mm-hmm. And as the Nazis were were parachuting into Poland and they were coming down, his father realized he couldn't run. So he told Eliezer and his brother, you need to run because they're going to kill us. And he said, before you go, he said the ironic benediction, blessing over them. Mm-hmm. And they ran, and they kept thinking about that. And to make a long story short, I mean, they ran from the Nazis into Russia, down into Afghanistan, and after the war, they ended up in Argentina. In Argentina... This And they're not believers. Mm-hmm. In Argentina, this uh, Christian, Gentile Christian man uh, runs into him, says that same blessing to him. And it so hurt, uh, so destroyed his heart. He remembered back what his father, he remembered that he survived the hellish uh, plight that they mm-hmm. did. He received Jesus as his Messiah and wow. went on to become a leader in the Messianic community, bringing Jews to the Lord, left and right. That's phenomenal. So, I mean, stories like that just... Never underestimate the power of a blessing, right? Right. Yeah. And the power of the God who's behind that blessing. Of course. Thanks for adding that in. All right. Tom Berkowitz is my guest. We're going to take a short break and we'll come back. We're going to continue as we're on the road uh, from the Red Sea to the Jordan River. 
And we're not going to get too much further, but we've done good so far. We'll be back in a minute. Hi, this is Bill Arnold. You know, for 70 years, Faith Radio has been a trusted voice sharing the good news of the gospel, lifting up the name of Jesus, and helping listeners grow in their faith. God has been faithful to this ministry. Thanks to the financial investment of thousands of friends just like you, your partnership is still needed for the work ahead. Join us today with a gift at MyFaithRadio.com or by calling 877-93-FAITH. Thank you. Sometimes we get the idea that Bible people are plastic. They're paper dolls that appear on the pages of the book, and they're just not really real. I want to tell you something. Joseph was a red-blooded man who faced the temptation of a beautiful woman. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, God Meant It for Good, next time on Turning Point. Evenings at 8 on Faith Radio. It's the intersection of faith and life. Faith Radio. I've listened because of the talk all, the, all day long, and I listen on my phone now on the Internet, so all the lectures and the speakers are what I listen to. From wake up till shut down, I, I have it on. I listen to many of the programs, in the morning programs, the afternoon programs, and I just find it very uplifting when I listen to it throughout the day. Um, well, for me, I listen on my commute home. Thanks for making us your radio home. Faith Radio. Welcome back. Tom Berkowitz is in studio. We're talking about the Red Sea to the Jordan River. He is uh, teaching Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers this fall and winter and spring at uh, Community Bible Study, which is in Edina, Minnesota. So for those of you who can uh, travel to to, uh, go to this Bible study, it starts Monday, September 9th at Christ Presbyterian Church. It starts at 6.55 and it costs nothing to go. You just show up. Isn't that right, Tom? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, they we have voluntary. Uh, it costs us money to have people there. We have a $35 registration fee. And then if they want to give money yeah, yeah. during the year, they can. But sure. we're a generous class, and we always pick up the slack of nice. somebody nice. can't afford to, even the $35. That's nice. Now, this blessing that we've talked about, this is the only. is this the only blessing God gives in Scripture? This is the only place in Scripture that he gave a specific, specific blessing prayer to be done. So I see it as a very, very yeah. powerful. And we talked about this blessing a couple times before the break. So maybe you would read it and let people know exactly where it is in, in the book of Numbers. Right. It's in Numbers six twenty-two, And then it says, And Yahweh spoke to Moish, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And this, to me, is is as important as the blessing itself. In verse 27, so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I 
will bless them. Wow, that's big. Yeah, and only, again, only Mm -hmm. the the priests could give that blessing. But we're priests. All those who believe in Jesus, we're a royal priesthood. That's what Peter calls us. And so we have that privilege of blessing people, and we should bless them. And uh, Tom, talk about the power of blessing and, and the difference it can make in people's lives. I mean, I've done... Uh, I've been part of a blessing service uh, at the Salvation Army where I volunteer Friday nights and any guy would like to come forward and be blessed. And, you know, more than half the the room comes forward and 90% of them have tears streaming down their face because no one has ever blessed them. Right. I think intuitively people know if you're blessing them, it's not coming from you. It Mm -hmm. is in a sense, coming from you, but it's coming from a power higher than you, from the living God. We have a friend, in fact, you had him, I think, as a guest on your uh, show, uh, Dr. Michael Brown. I did have Michael on. And whenever, Michael's a friend of mine, and whenever I say, how are you? You know, somebody asks me, how mm-hmm. how you doing? I say, fine, I'm doing good. He says, I am blessed. And, you know, it sets me back, and I start thinking about it. I'm blessed, too. I have the hand of the living God on me. Mm. It should just stir up our hearts so that we could walk with a a bounce in our step instead of the weight of the world on our shoulders. Mm -hmm. We just need to be reminding ourselves of that every day, every hour maybe. Right, right. You know, and we people cringe at the book of Leviticus, but I'm going to just pick out one chapter and pick out some holy parts. And then think about what we're going through today. And it starts out in verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. And so what does that mean? In verse 9, I'll just jump down. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare, neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner, the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. So he's saying to you, I've given you this blessing, so you bless other people. There are always going to be poor people, and we're going to have foreigners living in our land. We were foreigners in Egypt, so we need to bless them. And we need to take care of the poor. And I think we've lost that. I think we've fabricated that to the government. As a household of the living God, we should be taking care of one another. I, t- I tell a story. It was probably about 15 years I t- told my class this story. A tornado went through uh, Ohio, and it destroyed all the farms and towns and stuff. And it hit this one uh, town, vi- village, of Amish people, ripped their barns down and stuff like that. Amish from all over the area, from Pennsylvania, from they came and they raised the barns, they redid the towns, and they had it all done in three months. It was a destructive, uh, it was a very destructive storm. How about the government? How did they do? They were still talking about it three months later, and the Amish were done. That's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. And then you go down. So we're called to take care of the poor and needy, and we're called to take care of the 
of the foreigners, the immigrants. That's what we're called to do. And then it goes on. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. You shall not swear by my name falsely. So to profane the name of the of your God, I am the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a hired worker shall not remain with you all night until morning. You shall not curse the death or put a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall fear the Lord your God. I am the Lord. You shall not do injustice in the court. You shall not be uh, partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. I mean, these aren't laws. These are things God is telling us how to interact with each other. You know, if we as Christians, we as the church of the living God, if we would practice those things, we would be such a witness to the world. They'd be knocking our doors down. They would want what we have. And then it says, you should not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And we go into any of the synoptic gospels where the Pharisees and the scribes are are questioning Jesus. And they asked him, what is the greatest of all the commandments? In their mind, there's 613. Mm -hmm. Tell me what the greatest is and do it in a short time. And Jesus, (laughs) that's what it's really saying. And Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and all your strength. And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if you say you love you love uh, uh, God, but you don't love your neighbor, you're a liar. You can't love God and hate your neighbor. You're breaking a basic commandment. Mm-hmm. Well, then there's one smart uh, scribe who thought he would get recognition, and he, he says in Luke, well, who's my neighbor? So Jesus doesn't say the guy down the street or a guy from another tribe. He took the hated uh, um, Samaritan, and he used a story where he, where the man was robbed and beaten and laid on the side of the road, and first a priest came down. Mm-hmm. Now, the priest didn't go to help him, probably, if you're thinking about it, because if he went and helped this guy, and he touched him, he would be unholy, and he couldn't do his priestly duties. Mm -hmm. And then the Levite, the same way. They had the same code of conduct, and they didn't help the guy. But the hated Samaritan didn't worry about that. He helped him, and then he took him to an inn, and he even paid for uh, for someone to care for him when he left, and he paid for his room. That's what loving our neighbor is. And then Jesus said in uh, Matthew uh, 5, I think it's 41, 42, 43, somewhere in there. He said, not only are you to love your neighbor, you're supposed to love your enemy, the guy that's harmed you. It's like my friend I told you about. They wronged him. And this marketing guy admitted because he was a client of that company or he was a, a vendor of that company. He said, I saw what they did. But he didn't hail 
told malice, he forgave them, and he moved on with his life. That was such a powerful witness to the secular Jew he is now seeking. You understand the, oh, yeah. the impact we can have on people if we just follow what it says in Leviticus 19? And most people don't even know what it says outside of maybe some of them, the second half of Leviticus uh, nineteen eighteen, where it says, love your neighbor as yourself, because it's all over the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this is a good start to our, our um, Red Sea to the Jordan River. We didn't get too far, but we took a nice uh, nice slice out of it. So, Chom, thank you so much. Now, I'm thinking about uh, community Bible study. Is this something that you guys live stream? And if you, if you don't live stream, why not? Well, we do videotape everything, so it's streamed, but you have to be part of our class to get it. But what of all the listeners that are, you know, around the, the listening network that are thinking, I wouldn't mind watching this, live streaming, seeing Tom in action and being part of this study? You know, I would love to have that happen, but community Bible study says you can share it with people that are members of the gotcha. class. Gotcha. So yeah. that's what we do. So I don't, you know, I'm a yeah. soldier. I don't. I get it. I get it. So if you live in the Twin Cities area and you want to be part of community Bible study taught by Tom, you would go to uh, Christ Presbyterian Church Monday starting September 9th. And it starts, it's uh, be there at 655 and you can go um, be part of that study. That's that easy. So, Tom, thanks a lot for coming in. Well, Bill, maybe in the future sometime, you know, we have the the appointed times, the fall feasts coming up. And what does that mean? And a lot of people will see their Jewish neighbors following the fall feast, and we can maybe have Marsha come too, and we can say how not only we do it, but how we instill God's word into our children and our grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Because all over Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, it tells you to teach your children and your grandchildren the precepts of God. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? Yeah. And just, Marcia, if you're listening, we missed having you in studio today. So next time for sure. And Tom, thank you so much for being here. Tom Berkowitz has been my guest. He teaches community Bible study here in Diana, Minnesota. And he's in his 21st year. So he's uh, quite a a servant. So we're going to take a little break. We come back in hour two. Lee Strobel is going to be my guest. He's got a new book out. And he also has a brand new apologetic center at Colorado Christian University, named after him. So you can go get trained in the Lee Strobel Apologetics School. That's pretty cool. And Pastor, Pastor Bob Maris is going to be joining me as well. That's all ahead on Hour 2. Stay tuned and be right back. in a data-driven world. Businesses need analytics with cutting-edge skills and a solid moral compass. University of Northwestern is pleased to announce the launch of a new MBA concentration in data analytics. Available fully online, this new program offers training in the newest technologies and principles to help you harness the power of data and lead the marketplace with skill and faith. Learn more at unwsp.edu mba data. unwsp.edu mba data. August is like the new January. Except with snow cones instead of snow. As your family gears up for the school year routine again, it's a chance to refocus and reprioritize. So if you've been longing to spend more time with God and grow in Him, now is a great time to start. Faith Radio exists to help you understand God's Word more deeply and apply what you learn, living a more abundant life. So why not make a resolution? 
and see your life transform. Connecting Faith to Life, Faith Radio.